Welcome to Let's Get Bitchin', your go-to spot for movie wrap-ups, media reviews, and everything you didn't ask for but are getting anyway. What are you waiting for? Let's Get Bitchin'. Hello everybody and welcome to Let's Get Bitchin'. As always, I'm your host, Genesee Gabrielle, and this week we once again have my future sister-in-law, Becca! Hello! <laughs> Hello, Becca! <laughs> welcome back, we're so excited to have you. Um, today, we're very excited. Today's a very special day. Uh, we're recording on April 9th, which is, of course, the day that Taylor Swift re-released Fearless. And we are here to talk about Taylor Swift, basically. What we're doing, really, in practice is we're going to put her songs on shuffle. And we're going to match the songs to what fictional couple they remind us of. Um, which is fun because with Taylor Swift, I feel like you never know if you're going to get a love song or a breakup song or a song that's both or a song where she's like killing people. I have opinions about no body, no crime already. Cause I, I was trying to mentally like warm up the engine and like, I was like, okay, like let's think of Taylor Swift songs. And I was like, no body, no crime. I've got it. So we'll see if it comes up, it comes up. I love that. I love that. So we have not decided what exactly we're going to listen to yet. So Becca, I'll ask you, do you have opinions on like, should we put her whole discography on shuffle? The problem I have with that is that when you go to Spotify and put her discography on shuffle, it doesn't actually shuffle her whole discography. It like pulls like the top hits and stuff. Um, so we maybe find a playlist with her whole discography or do like a playlist like that. There's a playlist with all the track five songs, which could be fun. Yeah. The what do you think? An album? Me is I'm a little bit less familiar with the older albums. Mm. Just by the nature of the fact that I was nine when they came out. <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> so I'm not quite as a, like up to date date on it mm-hmm. but I'd say I'm pretty comfortable at knowing for sure that I would know every song after 1989 or during 1989 forward um but I can always if there's ones I don't know I also can look at lyrics <laughs> like I've heard right. them probably but probably haven't heard them like a ton and we can do it we can either skip songs that you don't know or aren't attached to if there's a song that i don't like we'll probably skip it and same with you like what's the point in listening to a song that we don't like sorry debut (laughs) the first album i'm always like That's hilarious. Yeah, there. Every once in a while, we have a moment because Becca and I are very similar. Um, we bring very similar energies, but like every once in a while, we'll have a moment where I'll be like, I'll be like, "What? How can you like Reputation? Or how can you not like Red?" And she's like, "Genesee, I was twelve. Yeah, I'm I was like, eight. oh. <laughs> or like uh, when we talked about 1989, you were like, "Yeah, I was in high school." I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> No, I was. I actually was thinking about that because there's a rumor that the new the 1989 is next, Um, and it's supposed to come out out in August, allegedly, which would be perfect because that's when I start law school. And I literally just said, I need another because I've been blessed. Reputation came out when I started college. 1989 came out when I started high school. And so, and melodrama came out when I was starting college as well. So I was like, I need something new to bring me into my law school era. And if 1989 can be that, I'll take it. 
That would be fair. And you never know. She's releasing songs that she didn't release before. So, like, we get new shit. It's like, it's a whole experience that we're going through right now, which is very exciting. Um, okay. So, we could probably find a playlist that's just, like, 1989 and after. Or we could go through and play a few songs from each of her albums. That play, like, two or three from eight, 1989 on. You want to do that? Sure. Let's do that. Okay. And no, like, no Tino Shade to Miss Swift. I do think her lyricism gets better the further in her albums you go. Oh, so absolutely. I mean, like, I love Mr. Perfectly Fine, but <laughs> it's it's got its moments. I'm like, how many Misters am I gonna have to hear about? Oh yeah, well, and I we talked about this recently on the podcast too. Is not only do her lyrics get stronger, and I mean she's lived more life the older she gets. Like that just naturally happens. Also, like you can tell, like with the albums of like what she was going through as she got more and more in the public eye, she was going through a rougher and rougher time, and we got better albums. Um, and then also as she went through, like I think it's after. I think on red is where she stops using male pronouns as much. Like it still happens every once in a while. But before that, every single song was, he did this and he broke my heart and I love him. And then after that, it was like, they can burn in hell. (laughs) I just love every gay person on TikTok that censors Willow and is like, like, that's my man. And they're like, no. <laughs> that finger over the mouth, that's a slur. <laughs> no, truly. Willow is I no. I've talked about it before on the I did I recently I don't know if you listened to it, but we did a witchy podcast episode, like a Taylor Swift Witch Cottagecore episode, and a lot came up there. A lot. And Willow oh. got a whole like ten minutes because fuck Willow. Oh, I have a pink I would one this is an episode that I've been I wanted I think Evermore is better than folklore. You're wrong. Um, so and I was like, that might need to be a thing because I genuinely <laughs> like mm, it is. But I, I, say I don't think it would be healthy for our relationship if we came <laughs> on here and throw down like this, Becca. <laughs> well, the good thing is I do like folklore. It's not a matter okay. of like, oh, I hate folklore, Evermore supremacy. But I'm like, because listen, Willow is bad. <laughs> so Willow is bad. Well, Willow's on Evermore. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> Willow is the weakest song on ever. <laughs> she honestly, I think like really the only single that she slapped with was Cardigan because most of her singles suck. I actually don't like Cardigan. So that's I, the... I did not like Cardigan at first. I will give you that. I warmed up to it. I found myself like like repeating certain lines in my head and I was like, what fucking song is that from? And I was like, oh my god, it's from Cardigan. <laughs> I think that's... I have... I think that um, Cardigan is the weakest song in the trilogy. Um, yes. Uh, I August, think I like Cardigan better than August. I know. August is I know. That's the August <laughs> sipped away like a bottle of wine. That is a wonderful wine. They all, all, all of the trilogy has excellent good, lyrics. good songs. Oh yeah. Understand? Okay. Uh, okay. Nineteen eighty nine. We're gonna do the regular version, not the deluxe version of nineteen eighty nine, because. Are you a new romantics hater? <laughs> I have not listened to the entirety of... Oh, is that on the deluxe version only? Yeah. 
Okay, we. I know you like that song, so we. Either can... way is fine. I was just mostly joking. I was like, we can do oh, that wait, one. What a, what a I hot would, take. I would say I'm a new romantic. I just get so frustrated with the. Uh, you know what pisses me off? It's the goddamn voice memos. It's the goddamn voice memos. That's okay, why I don't like the deluxe version. <laughs> that's fair. I see. Because oh well, it's the bonus track. So yeah, the first time you listen to the voice memos, it's cool and it's interesting. But then you're just sitting there like shuffling, and you want a song, and you're listening to the fucking voice memo. Like, that's the listen. I preach it. Um, Apple Music supremacy. I've <laughs> never had to see the voice memos on Apple Music. So I'm. Well, then- I love Apple Music. They're in the um, the deluxe version of the album. So, like, if you put the album on shuffle, they'll just come up. No, even if I put the, like, even on, on Apple Music, I have the, like, bonus tracks, but then it doesn't include the voice memos. Is that, so, Folklore and Evermore didn't have uh, voice memos. Good. Oh, uh, no, but, like, yeah. when I have New Romantics and oh, stuff, really? I have new- and stuff who knows maybe it's just i don't know yeah i i don't use apple music so it could totally be a spotify thing but yeah i don't know all right let's do 1989 how you get the girl this one is complicated i don't know if we need to listen to this whole song no this song is pretty off the bat you kind of know what it is Something that uh, there are so many times, especially with Taylor Swift, that I like constantly have to like check my internalized heteronormativity because um, this is one of those songs that finally someone pointed it out and it was like Taylor Swift wrote a whole song about how you get the girl and no one thought that was gay. Didn't she say this was about Jack Antonoff and Lena Dunham? I literally don't know. Well, Taylor, Taylor Swift says James is a boy, so Taylor Swift can't. Yeah, be no, but I, no, it, for me that <laughs> it was more than this. That makes the song terrible to me because I hate Lena Dunham. Well, that's fair. I wouldn't. I don't put stock into what she says the songs are about unless she came out and was like, "Yeah, this song's gay." Then I'd be like, "You're right, Taylor." You're like, "Wow, she's right. She she speaks <laughs> up." She got it once. Like she was trying to say seven. If you watch the folklore pond studio pond thing on disney plus when it came to seven she was like well i was just thinking about like throwing a t- like i saw someone throwing a tantrum in a grocery store and i thought like when did we stop doing that like when did we become civilized i'm like really taylor then why is it gay i seven is also on my worst tracks list i know it so. is i don't like that uh, let's see. i i really love it when she goes back to childhood and it's gay because she does it accidentally all the fucking time it's nice to have a friend seven i mean jesus girl anyway how you get the girl um objectively i have opinions because in my sometimes my brain is broken and so i'm like he 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 this would be funny and (laughs) it went to have you seen the tv show hannibal no <laughs> about, it's about Hannibal Lecter. Um, and I it's know, written by. I left, I left with you while you were rewatching that show, Beck. I've heard about Hannibal. Yeah, but it's written by a gay man. So That's it's queer coded, but like it actually is queer coded. And my brain went to Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham, who is like Hannibal Lecter's weird 
they're, they get referred to as murder husbands at one point. Um, but my brain's broken, so we don't have to really linger on that one. Because part of me thinks that this song, because I like this song, but I always think it sounds a little bit, like, contrite. Like, it has the same energy as Riverdale to me. Oh, yeah. So I feel like it belongs to a couple like that. You're or like gonna hate me. Couple. You're like, gonna hate me. Oh my god, I'm excited who? The first couple that came to my mind, and stay with me, give me a chance to explain myself, is Gansey and Blue. Interesting. I kind of like that. Okay. So here are my arguments. Okay. So there's the whole stand there like a ghost. First of all, <laughs> not only is there a ghost, but Gansey fucking dies standing in the rain. And they have this whole moment where they have their first kiss in the rain. It's a whole fucking thing. And there's a whole, they go through this back and forth of them figuring out, like, are they going to be together? She's, like, convinced that she hates him because he's rich. And then she has her whole thing going on with Adam. So there is, I feel like, this tension of how do you get the girl and how do you get the guy, right? I think I um, yeah yeah remind her how it used to be with pictures of frames on kisses on cheeks um tell her how you must have lost your mind that is like verbatim like what they do in is it the last book or the second to last book i feel like when they like have the late night phone calls and car rides and they're like kind of like reminiscing of how things could be easier with but it's so funny because like it doesn't have to be hard but they're making it hard I think that starts in Blue Lily Lily Blue. I think so because too. Because that's when there's like those, there's almost like two storylines where you have Adam and Ronan and Blue and Gansey. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think that works. Is a, it is part of, they were just like overly complicated for no reason. Um, yeah. Because they're like, oh, what will Adam say as Adam's having a hot girl summer? And <laughs> Adam, Adam was over here trying to get digged down. Adam didn't give a shit. That is truly my favorite dynamic <laughs> is that like, they're like, what is Adam going to say? What are we gonna do? And Adam's like, I am living my hot girl summer, watching Roman Lynch kill a version of himself in a church. So I am busy. <laughs> it's amazing because it's like they—they're like they're like all stressed out, and then Kansy walks in on on Ronan and Adam kissing, and he was like, "Well, shit, what was I worried about? They're over here having this whole thing." He's like, he's so oblivious. It's so fun. It's, and he has a moment too when they kiss where he was like, "Why didn't I know this? <laughs> like, why didn't I see this happening?" They're all too busy. Just they have teenage syndrome where they're like, "My problems are the most important." Oh, it's incredible! Like, do I have food to eat tonight? <laughs> That's one of my favorite. Um, this is so getting off. This is, it's like one of my favorite transitions. I think it's in Dream Thieves where Ronan's like having this whole chapter of like, I'm a dreamer, what do I do? My brain, ugh. And the next chapter is Adam being like, I have bigger things to worry about than dreams. Do I have food? Do I have deodorant? Do I have a bed? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So Danzy and Blue for how you get the girl. I like it. That's what I say. That's what I say. I say, I'm standing by my Hannibal Lecter and Instagram and I cannot elaborate. (laughs) That's fair. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right. Next song. This is another way. Oh, the fucking voice memos. Go away. Taylor, you're about to. What's that Oprah meme where it's like. (laughs) 
Were you silent or were you silenced? I can't believe you're silencing Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I love, okay, I love the behind the scenes stuff. Like we talk about this all the time. I love that. Sh- I sit and watch the behind Pixar shit for fun <laughs> on Disney Plus. I live for that shit. But I swear to God, after the fifth time you've heard the voice memo, you don't need to hear it again. <laughs> you're like, I know the words, Taylor, please. Okay. This is a great song. I'm so excited for us. We're actually gonna, we're both gonna be excited. It's clean. Oh, I love clean. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. It's a great song. It's a phenomenal song. It was, it's probably one of the best, if not the best on this album, for sure. Oh yeah. This was my high school alarm though. So hearing the initial like, I'm always like, (laughs) it has been eight years or whatever since i was a freshman i don't know what is with y'all and your music alarms but naomi still has like harry styles and louis tomlinson and niall alarms is it isn't it one directions it's random no no it's like i think she has like three to five different songs that like randomly get chosen i don't know Honestly, I get confused. They all sound kind of the same. Oh yeah, they do. Cause they all sound like boy band music. Every time I say that, she gives me a look and I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. I love you. I love them, you know, through you because I'm basically marrying One Direction fandom. And still they sound the same. I mean, their music now, there's like, a, like if you hear Zane and you hear Harry Styles, it's different. And, yeah, like I can tell the difference between Harry a Harry Styles song and like Niall. Um and also Niles is just like better. Like his Oh yeah, this is good. Yeah. Niall is so underappreciated. I never ever thought I would have opinions on one members of One Direction, but Niles Niall is really underappreciated. I think he's good. But clean. <laughs> clean. <laughs> um this is tough because I feel like there's there's a personal attachment to this song. <laughs> um, I'm gonna look up the lyrics. I, that's me. I have all, I have the lyrics up as well. I literally don't know why Google ever thinks that I'm searching someone other than like Taylor Swift when it, when it could possibly be a Taylor Swift style. Uh, yeah, like, I don't care about the word "clean." I'm looking I, for the lyrics. I don't care about "clean" by Hillsong. like they they give they gave me um ads for bunch bench cushions with the exact bench that we bought like like, that's what i want i just don't want hillsong hello (laughs) so like i'm like i know you guys are listening i know you guys are watching my purchases you know i'm obsessed with taylor swift why would i care about hillsong (laughs) what the fuck anyway it's fine I always think that the line where it's like 10 months sober, I must admit, just because you're clean don't mean you don't miss it. I always think that's the like, that's oh, what from it. I think I got it. Mm. Or I got one. I feel like there are a lot of options. Um, Katniss Everdeen. Ooh. Pita. Ooh. Yeah. Because there okay. you got drought, the flowers that we've grown died of thirst, right? And there's a whole thing with them and flowers. And then you got the months and months of back and forth, which you're like, for the love of God, you love him, Katniss. Get your head out of your ass. I love um, 
I'm hung my head as I lost the war. Yeah. Perfect storm. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Um, Especially, like, if I'm thinking at, like, the end of the series, when she's finally, like, free of the war, free of the capital, free of being, like, under the public eye, and she and Peta finally get to be together and, like, figure out that that's what they want, they're finally clean and they're finally free. It's so good. I'm trying to... I, I, it's hard because I think to me clean is it's a breakup song but like a self like a breakup song for yourself like I'm over it so my brain's like scrambling of like because most of the time I'm like books where people don't end up together um well that's fair too yeah I was looking at it like from if we're like looking at the breakup perspective in terms of Katniss and Peta I was looking at that more as like the conflict wouldn't be the relationship itself it's the, the outside. Yeah, it's the outside conflict that was put on their relationship and put on themselves. Like, thinking of it more as, like, she had to grow a lot personally in order to, like, let herself finally have that relief. But if we're thinking breakups, I think we should be thinking TV shows or movies for that. Because I think you're right. Books, there aren't a lot of, like... Amicable... Like, not amicable, yeah. but, like, splits where you're like, I am better for this, actually. Yeah. Like... Um, hmm. God, right now my brain is a wreck and I've been just listening to a lot of podcasts about Glee. Um, I feel like this could be, I just know also that if this was on Glee, it would be sung by Rachel Berry and that is depressing oh, to me. That is depressing. Don't think about um, Glee. Well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter it and say, because I have recently decided that, well, I, among many people, have decided that um, Quinn from Glee is gay. Oh, yes. Um, and so I'm choosing that this is a Quinn from Glee song reflecting on her breaking up with all the gross men that she dates throughout the series. So they I all love gay. that. So I it's love her, that. It's Quinn Fabray's divorce from comp Het song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I believe the actress is bi. Diana Aglon? You mean Miss Taylor? Oh, duh! My brain literally was like, "Hi." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, I think she not even like, think about that. I think she's at least like hinted out. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if she's like said the things, but apparently there was a whole thing on the Glee Live tour where she wore a shirt for that song. Oh that yeah. Says, I like girls. Yeah. Another no. thing I picked up from your sister. <laughs> we do love uh, her just so much. Uh -huh. But yeah, um, and of course we talked about her on the Gaylor episode. I love that theory. I think that's great. I just love Diana Agron. So I think that'll be my, I think also because my brain's kind of going to Diana Agron, if that's not how I say it, if that's not how her name's pronounced, oh well. But um, it's, it, she's the one in the Sam Smith video. Um, oh, which one? Yes, she's the housewife one where they burn everything. Yeah, oh fuck, I forgot about that. And I always forget about his energy of like, burn it down uh-huh oh. i do love that that's a great okay. example too maybe it's just about diana agron <laughs> this is a hot take that is not going to be meaningful to you but me okay. as someone who loves the magnus archives give it to me this is melanie and georgie who are my favorite gays um 
spo- I guess spoiler alert for season four of the Magnus Archives, but Melanie is like forced to work at this like institute that's like literally dedicated to fear. Um, and you can't quit, but you just can't, or you will die. Like there's no option, but they find out that if you gouge your eyes out, you can leave because it needs your eyes. Cause it's the fear of the beholding. Um, and Melanie has this whole arc where she goes from being like, everything sucks. I'm mad at the world. And then she starts dating this fellow ghost podcaster named Georgie mm-hmm. and they go to therapy together. And she like goes on this whole self-discovery arc. They fall in love. And then Melanie um, gouges her eyes out oh to God. free herself from the Institute. But then she goes and she like goes and lives with Georgie. And it's this whole like, they're in love. They're these two sweet, like gay people we love. Um, and I'm choosing clean because Melanie leaving the Institute and finally being able to free herself from it, okay. but then still having to like live with the after effects of it. Like, like a wine stained dress I can't wear anymore. Like, mm-hmm. and I just, they're gays. I love them. But I think for me, that's my hot take. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I love that. I mean, I have no reference, so it could be really shitty, but I'll take it. I don't think it. Georgie is a canon bisexual. We do love. Love that. We love a canon bisexual. The canon girlfriend. We stand. We love that. Okay. We'll do one more from 1989, so fingers crossed that it doesn't suck, and if it does, we'll skip it. I know places! I know places. I love this song. Okay, this is also Katniss and Peta. Oh my god, it is! So, it is also Katniss and Peeta. They do know places. Have you, did you read the new Hunger Games book? No. Okay, hot take. This is uh, President Snow. I can't remember his first name right now. And his weird girlfriend from District 12. They gave him a love arc? He betrays, they betray each other. It's actually great. I think... He, he is unabashedly evil. They do not pretend he isn't. Okay, but, that's uh, good. Lucy, her name is like, is it Lucy Bird, I think? And, and they have this whole back and forth, because the whole line about, like, because she goes into the games. Like, she is a competitor and she wins. Oh, sure. So I think for me, I'm, they it made me think of that because there's this, um, the line, they are the hunters, we are the foxes, and we run. And it's that dynamic of, like, you're on the run, but, like, foxes are not like pack mentality. They'll turn on each other. Yeah. So I, for me, that's why I chose it because I'm not gonna get into it. Cause like, I don't know, spoilers, but like there's a lot of dynamic between um, Snow and Lucy mm. where it's this like, yeah, we're in love, but we know who we are. Like I'm, he's a capital wealthy old family. She's right. from district 12 and is a nobody, it's but she outboxes him. So I think that's my, that's my hot take. From songbird and of songbirds and snakes or whatever. Yeah. So basically, uh, I know places is any couple in the Hunger Games. Yeah, Fennec and <laughs> Annie, who yeah. are the they are the supreme Hunger Games couple. Um. Yeah, Fennec and Fennec and Annie. Yeah. Who is your hot? T- who is your for this song? I love the Katniss and Peeta hot take and also like anyone from the Hunger Games because wow that is where it's at um I do want to think about it for a second I also kind of like (laughs) in an almost like comical like 
tongue in cheek way, I'm I'm thinking of like like really shitty action movies. Like no no particular action movie, but like like that stupid awful wonderful movie we wa- that I put on the TV when I was living with you guys the. The one with Anna Kendrick, where she, like, goes on a date with, like, a hired gun dude and then becomes an assassin? I don't know if I watched it, but... Mr. Wright, that's what it was. We you were, like, adjacent to it, but it was not a thing to watch. <laughs> I feel... There's something very fun about, like, bad action movies, and I definitely yeah. think... I'm trying to think of, like... You know, I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you were this level of terrible, but like on YouTube, people sometimes will make like song edits. Oh, yeah. Where they'll be like, this is a Katniss, it'll be like Katniss X PETA. Yeah, um, I have seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been like, who would come up for this? And I've been enjoying some of the options that have come up. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, not any, not anything in particular, but like, the, I'm thinking of, like we have the very serious, like, Hunger Games-esque, like, they really do need to run and hide, and they really are in a scenario where they have things to hide from, and then we have, like, the stupid, awful action movies that are, like, somehow they put a, a romance story into the middle of guns shooting, and they're like, I know places. <laughs> Wait, are you watching Falcon and Winter Soldier? I am. This song? <laughs> Bucky and Sam? I'm not a proponent of the ship because I came of age in the Stephen Bucky era. Um, yeah. To let it go, even though I no longer love Captain America and he is a symbol of my compulsory heterosexuality. But <laughs> this yeah. could hashtag could slap as they are currently like on the run and Central Europe. I have a lot of opinions about their Central. Their- all of this, okay, sorry. What, you know how they keep being like, we're in Latvia, or like we're in, they're all in Prague. They filmed like all of this oh, in Prague and Berlin. So they keep cool. like, we're in a different country now. I'm like, you are in Old Town. This, <laughs> look, watch the sidewalks. They're all the same. Were Prague you there Prague, when they were filming? Yes, yeah. we actually left at the same time. That's because so upsetting. But they literally, if you watch the sidewalks, they're all gray with white um, lining. That's incredible. Because that's what the Prague sidewalks look like. And they keep being like, now we're in Latvia. And I'm like, <laughs> I first of all, you're not. <laughs> I love that. That's like when I was watching Leverage, which was filmed in Portland. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're in DC. I'm like, you bitches, you're right behind the Nordstrom downtown. Don't lie to me. <laughs> you're at Pioneer Courthouse Square, slut, first of all. <laughs> No, they were on the other side by where the the elephant um, delicatessen. Yeah, delicatessen is. You know, oh, that oh. plaza. They were saying that was DC. I know they fucking lied to me. Like <laughs> <It doesn't... laughs> I feel like there are places in downtown Portland that you could find that look more like DC. But that that place was really generic, and there was a lot of space, and they were trying to do like a bomb thing. So it worked. It worked. Okay. But it, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Locations aside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I love that. I don't know how I feel because they're they're leaning into the queer coding of Bucky and Sam. They know what they're doing. We know what they're doing. And I'm like, like, they're not saying they're gay for each other, but they're showing us that. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, straight men don't get that close to each other's crotches. It doesn't happen. You know what I mean? 
I just, um, I'm, I'm a proponent of gay, of, of um, bisexual Bucky Barnes. Oh, absolutely. Sam Wilson kind of has straight man energy. He does. I agree. So he can, so, but I'm like, but Bucky Barnes, that's a queer legend. Oh, absolutely. I'm not convinced that anyone's truly straight. So like they could definitely sell me a bisexual Sam as well. Um, that could work, but I do feel like he's straight. You know, I can't see him settling down with a man and like being happy and going to farmers markets together. No, you know, but I know places can be a um, oh, they don't do they even get a new ship name because it could still be Stucky. Because oh, when you replace your ex with a man just like him, (laughs) pour one out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what their ship name would be. Or is I'm sure there is one, but yeah, probably like Falcon know. Soldier or something dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we could talk about that forever because that's a whole thing. Okay, reputation. Here we go. I hate reputation. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh so. Easy. I don't know. I love any song about scamming men. This was on my running playlist. I do love that. I, it's the sound of it for me. It's the sound mm-hmm. of it. It's not the lyrics. It's the sound of reputation makes me cringe. Like, there are some reputation that I dislike. Like look what made look what you made me do. Oh yeah, that's terrible. To me though, most of them sound like that. And the only songs on it that I like are Dress and New Year's Day, which sound totally different than the rest of the album. New Year's Day feels like a folklore song. Yeah, a little bit. Or maybe Lover. Lover, I'd say, is probably more so where it belongs. I did something bad. I'm trying to think. Um, I just love any hot take. <laughs> Give it to me. This is Adam he Oh is, my god, it is. is. He is I will stand <laughs> Adam Parrish is a hot girl. Like he is he Megan the Stallions a hot girl summer is him. Because he's just like too good for people. And, like, I'm just thinking about all the rich people that we see kind of, like, like Adam Parrish, like, fawn. But he's just like, I never love a narcissist, but they love me. As he's friends with Gamzee, Ronan. I um, never trust a playboy, but they love me. Like, that's what Adam Parrish, him, who's that bitch? His name's, like, his name, like, Tad or something. He's, like, mentioned twice. And both times, I think Adam's, like, ugh. He's just like, hey, Adam, how are you doing? Like, and Adam's, like, mental monologue is something, like, um, the worst thing about this man is that he has yet to realize that I do not like him. And I'm like, hot girl summer for Adam Parrish. <laughs> I love that. I get behind that 100%. I did something bad is Adam Parrish. We stand one man. It's true. It's true. All right, next up. Dancing with our hands tied. What album is Golden on? What? Golden is that on Lover? Isn't that a Harry Styles song? <laughs> it a hundred percent is. And I, 
So I think hashtag confirmed this is a Haler song now. I'm sorry. Because I was like, there's a line deep blue, but you painted me golden. Uh-huh. Um, Haler supremacy. Um, looks like it is. And 1989 is a Haler album, first of all. So also, this could be a bearding song. I we have difference of opinions regarding Taylor Swift. There is no way that Harry Styles and Taylor Swift were actually legitimately dating. Even if you don't think that she's queer and they were bearding together, which I would like to say that even if you don't believe Taylor Swift is queer, Harry Styles one hundred and ten percent is. Harry Styles around the time that Larry theories were. Don't recite the text to me. I was there when they were written. I was a I was twelve on Tumblr. Don't tell me about. Mary Stylinson. I was there when I'm it just was saying, Well, then you should know that he and Taylor Swift were bearding. I have opinions. Have you? Okay. As <laughs> someone who came up during this time, there are so many things that have been lost to time. You are two you, years younger than me, Rebecca. I was on Tumblr in sixth grade. So <laughs> I have been on there since I was like literally 11. My opinion of it. They Tell me lost what was lost to time. Tell me what was lost to time. The videos of Taylor Swift and Harry Styles when Taylor Swift cut her hair short. She, he was, he was there. It was like this whole cute little thing. Um, they did the weird dirty dancing thing, but he was really not strong enough to lift her, so it's, it's kind of funny looking. See, um, the thing is that their relationship was so like forced public. No, these things were like not publicly released. They were like released through people's like. Um, like I don't know, man. That's why you don't see them like very often. Like they were published on other people's snap, like Instagram. Like these were not things that they posted or paparazzi picked up. People who are legitimately <laughs> dating don't stage a like photo op in the park with someone else's child. People that are legitimately dating don't do Vogue cover shoots as friends. <laughs> you want to talk about publicity? <laughs> Okay, you want you want to say that Taylor was publicity, and then turn around and be that like Taylor. Well, Taylor was absolutely publicity, trying to say they were just friends. She's a friends don't call each other sisters in diss tracks. I'm just saying. I'm I've, just saying. I am a Haler supremacist. This has been years in the making. <laughs> I still work. would be happy. Um, do I think they were partially publicity? Yes. But I also objectively think Taylor Swift likes collecting men in a fun way. Yeah. She's like, I got a Harry Styles. I got Taylor <laughs> Lauder. I got Joe Jonas. I got Jake Gyllenhaal. I got, like, Jan- John Mayer. Like, good for her. And these, that's not a drag on yeah. her. That is me being like, I legitimately think she's like, Add it to the shelf. I'm an icon. Like, do, 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 Tom Hiddleston. I think, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I still, I just don't think that their relationship was, like, 100% legitimate. I just, I just simply can't. I think if God was real, it would have been a year later. We could have had some Haler. Because they were both on the precipice of, like, One Direction being huge in 1989. And I'm like, the, the world would not have been prepared yeah. for how fucking cool Haler would have been if we had one more year to bake it. But if I am forced to let go of the Haler reading of this song, I'm interested <laughs> to know what your reading is. Um, so that's your answer? You just you can't get past the Haler? It's Haler now. As soon as you I called me that. out for thinking, for, for thinking Golden is a Taylor Swift song. 
It's called on a Taylor Swift song. You said it was a Harry Styles song. Well, yeah, but is it about Taylor Swift? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't know. I was, it's just the, the line is deep blue, but you painted me golden. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, Ghosts is a Taylor song. Yes. That I knew. That I knew. Um, okay, but we were dancing, dancing with our hands tied. <sighs> this is hard. Oh, I got it, and it's bad. I'm excited. I love a bad hot take. I just gave one, so... <laughs> Uh, we both did. We were both on opposite ends of the bad takes, bad hot take spectrum. Okay, so uh, what are their names? Um, the guys from uh, Call Me by Your Name. I have not seen that movie. <laughs> I have seen the little Nas music video, which I think is actually the movie now. I loved that. Is it? It's like Elio and it's like I think it's Elio. And or something like that, and then um, Peach Boy. <laughs> I think Elio is the Peach Boy. He is the Peach Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will just say, um, in the book, that scene was actually very enjoyable. In the movie, it was like, why are we doing this? But in the book, I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I was, I lost my shit. I was, I mean, the book was just like, honestly spicy. I was like, I didn't know I could get turned on by gay men having sex, but it's happening. His name is Oliver. I looked at Oliver. Elio, 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 whatever. Elio. I think that's how it's pronounced. So yeah. So the reason I think them is because they're, it's in like in the sixties or seventies in Italy. And, um, they're two men who fall in love and there's obviously the very obvious like their hands are tied they can't be together because of the stigma of, of being gay in that time period um i think it's oliver the older guy ends up getting married to a woman and so there's like there's a whole thing but what what the lyric that really made me think of it was um i'd kiss you as the lights went out swaying as the room burned out I hold you as the water rushes in if I could dance with you again. Um, and that, like, especially in the book, like, Elio is, like, so fucked up. <laughs> over, over. <laughs> he never marries. He doesn't do shit. He doesn't have kids. He becomes a professor and is, like, this old, like, spinster man that's <laughs> sad about his lost love. Um, and because of that, I like the, the ending to the movie better. But that's that's my thought, is them. I think that's a good hot take. We can go to Lover if you would like to leave Reputation. By I would you. love nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I I mean, we did two songs that's that are not Dress or um, New Year's Day. So I like got to give myself props for that because I don't listen to Reputation. It's not a thing that happens. I Lover is probably one of my least listened to albums, so I'm ready. Well, we can do two on this one again. We can do it. I'll say I, that. We did yeah, two yeah. reputation. We'll do two. I reject you need to calm down. Oh, we me. won't do that. We won't I, we won't touch you need to calm down. It's not happening. We won't do me either. Fuck. Yeah, that. those two are my Oh, absolutely not. There's no reason to ever listen to those songs. 
I'd be like, my hot take is the children's cartoons on. Uh. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Oh, Cornelia Street. This is a good one. I love Cornelia Street. <laughs> yes, you do. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love Cornelia Street? Love this song. We're both just like j dancing to this fucking song. This is hard. This is hard. Especially because, like, I feel like I just have such connections to this song. Oh yeah, and it's hard not to like, especially because Cornelia Street is a song that is both a breakup song and a love song in one. Like, I know people who this is their relationship song. Like, they're still in relationships, and they're like, "Yeah, this is our song." I'm like, "Yeah, that's fair," but also it's a heartbreak song. I mean, it's incredible. She really did it with Cornelia Street. It really happened. It also makes me think of my other fave, which is Death by a Thousand Cuts. Um, that, is, I, that is a wonderfully written song. My wine, my spirit, my trust, trying to find a part of me that you didn't take up, give you my, it wasn't enough. Oh, okay, so Cornelia Street. Okay, it is complicated. Okay. Jordan? I have an idea. But I could have more. I, because of how weird it is, I'm kind of feeling Jordan and Declan from The Raven Cycle. Ooh. Because it's got this, like, casual, faux casual, like, I rent a place on Cornelia Street. Like, yeah. But then also being like, we're so fucked up. And, like, how he's like, I'm not going to love a dreamer. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, that's an, like, I can't love a dream. Yeah. And then it's like, but she is. And so it's like the whole, like, I'd never walk Cornelia Street again. Like, I won't go hurt myself again. Right. But you but know you you're will. going to. <laughs> you will. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, I, I am feeling um, Alex and Henry from Red, White, and Royal oh. Blue. We love. And that is also a very similar thing. So Alex, like, the when they... I mean, first he's like having a sexual crisis. Then when he finally accepts that he's gay, he's like, or bisexual, I should say. He has this whole thing when he and Henry start um, hooking up where he's like, oh, this is just casual. We're just like friends with blowjobs is what he says at first. And then they like start spending the night and start like they wake up in Paris together. And he's like, this is fine. It's fine. It's still casual. It's fine. And I feel like that's a very similar, like, the kind of faux casual where it starts off like, oh, I run a place on Cornelia Street. You know, we're drunk on something stronger than the drinks in the bar. We're just hooking up. And then in the song, there's a part where she, where she goes, um, we bless the rains on Cornelia Street, memorize the creeks on the floor. Back when we were card charts playing games, I thought you were leading me on. I packed my bags, left Cornelia Street before you even knew I was gone. Hello, the Texas scene, anybody? When Henry literally gets terrified that Alex might love him back and can't live with the reality of 
him loving him back or him not loving him back. He can't face that. So he packs his bags in the middle of the night and leaves Alex sad. <laughs> that, I literally, that, oh! you know, those chunks of lines were the same ones that I was thinking of for Jordan and Declan. The whole, like, <laughs> we were card sharks playing games. Like, they met at the oh, black yeah. market. Like, underground fairy market shit. Like, oh, doing their weird huh? garbage. And then having the moment of, like, where like Declan like bears everything out for her and the trauma attic. Yeah. And then it, Jordan being like, I'm a dream. Like it's over. like, and having this, like, I pack my bags, I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah. Love it. It's so good. I think those are both wonderful picks. Wonderful picks. And then like you have the whole, and baby, I get mystified by how this city screams your name. And baby, I'm so terrified if you ever walk away. I think that fits both of them because Declan, and Jordan, you have the whole, like, I think there is a, a portion at the end of Call Down the Hawk where he's, like, trying not to think about her and trying not to, like, go back to that. And he does. And he, I, he's not going to be able to leave Jordan, which, I mean, like, come on. She's the queen of our yeah. hearts. Listen, <laughs> well, that comes out next month. Ah, I'm so excited. I got the signed copy. Did I, I ordered you? the same, the, the owl. Yeah. Print. I ordered it from that link, so. Yes. But the bad news, I think that means that book won't come until a little bit after the release date. Yeah. I already pre-ordered the Kindle version. <laughs> I I need to re I need to reread Call Down the Hawk because I haven't read it since last March, and so I'm like, we got a review. Yeah, I, I don't remember some of this plot. I might reread the Dream Thieves. I love the Dream Thieves. It's been I mean, it's been less than a year. Realistically, it'll be about a year when the book comes out. That since I read. Um, the Raven Boys, but I feel like I could use a refresher. But yeah, and then that same that same chunk of lyrics about like the city screams your name. I I mean everywhere that Alex and Henry both go, they can't stop thinking about um, each other. And there and of course like after she, she leaves Cornelia Street, um, she comes back, and I feel like that's really where like it was Alex who hopped on a plane and was like fuck this we're talking this out like if you're gonna dump me you're gonna fucking dump me <laughs> i love, love that whole part um but and i feel like that is that is such like and we have to, like we're talking about two very different love stories right but they both fit so perfectly and i feel like that's the beauty of cornelia street is it's applicable to so many different experiences and I do love that people actually go to Corne her place on Cornelia Street. Oh. It's cute. <laughs> it's not like a purple door. We love. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I it's it upsets me though because like when she actually lived there, like people were always outside of her apartment. Oh yeah, like, leave her the fuck alone. I remember that like that's how you got the Taylor Swift like photos of the day when she would leave her yeah. apartment. <laughs> yeah, fucking insane. And okay. I think that kind of ties into your Alex and Henry and honestly the whole like the city streams your name like this idea of like the city just being so entrenched yeah like, like DC being, yes like, and like and, or like London like these are right. truly just like they are at the center of literally the European uh world like yes and that idea and Jordan and Declan with like DC like it's more their Cornelia Street in the sense of the city being like the circles that they run in yeah. being like dreamers and dreamed and like Declan. That, like, everything. Well, because he's not a dreamer. Declan. I love him. My son. I love, I love Declan Lynch. I oh my am. God. Declan is technically younger than us. Isn't he? 
That's depressing. Well, it depends on when... I'm only a little bit older than Declan. Based in, on the timing. In he, Call Down the Hawk, he's like 19, right? I think Maggie Steve Otter fucked up their ages. Um, okay. So you have to ignore it. Okay. Because Declan is at school with Ronan. But then he's said to be like older than Ronan by like a couple years. Like it doesn't make sense. So you just let it go. But he's okay. in college. I think he's like a sophomore or freshman. Okay. So I am older than him, but not in my head. <laughs> I'm like a good chunk older than him then. I just think. I'm like a whole kindergartner older than him. I just feel like I, Declan Lynch and I connect on a level. We had the same internship oh, yeah. in the same building. You have big Declan energy. Oh my god, though, but think about, actually, Henry, the timeline, if Call Down the Hawk is set, it's take, he works in the Hart building. They specifically say Declan works in the Hart building in the Senate. That means he, there's only three Senate buildings, and we know for a fact that Alex watched through them. So I'm just saying, call down the Hawk, and in uh, the Red, White, and Royal Blue could exist in the same universe. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Okay. Next song? Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay, we got Lover. <laughs> <sighs> This song, and I have complicated feelings. So makes as I don't like it. So, <laughs> but I think it kind of makes me want to give it like a cheesy love, like arc kind of thing. Oh yeah, I got it. Laura I'm Jean and Peter. Kavinsky. Oh, okay, that actually fits perfectly. I haven't seen the third movie because I heard it wasn't worth it. Um, but yes. I, I liked it better personally than the second one. Mm. We did a podcast episode. I feel like you could listen to that and be caught up. <laughs> I just miss. I just never could get over that she wasn't going to pick uh, the other dude. Oh, yeah. Jordan, whatever. Jordan Fisher's. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Fisher. I was like, that man is so adorable. Between Jordan, Jordan Fisher and uh, Noah Centineo, Jordan Fisher all the way. As someone who also has Jean as their middle name, um... I have opinions. Rebecca Jean to Laura Jean. Laura, <laughs> um, you need to get it together. John Ambrose was the one. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's a good one. Um, I think it could also be... Oh, God. Every... I have so, my. I feel like I never sound nerdier than I do when I talk about this podcast. Because this kind of reminds me of this D&D podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um... And I kind of want to, I, I, I'm, I have to give it to uh, Barry and Luke from the Adventure Zone because they are, because they would redeem this song for me. Because I think this song just screams like, it's not fair to Taylor Swift, but this song just feels like heteropatriarchal, like boring, like lover. This is my, Oh, it does for sure. Yeah. And Barry and Luke are a couple that is a man and a woman, but they are better than that. And they have better, like Luke has bi wife energy and she Ooh. is a trans woman and is cool as shit and so they would redeem this song for me I so i will say barry and luke from the adventure zone who are tragic centuries-long love story about falling in love while playing music oh. in the world and then they're separated for a decade but they 
find their way back together. And they are in love. Oh, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, let's do folklore and we'll do the deluxe version because I know how you feel about the lakes. Oh my God, I love the lakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay okay have you been reading um aiden's new book aiden no i haven't i just read his other one though this i haven't read cemetery boys yet but i am i'm like you should save it for the fall read it okay. in october it's a very halloween it sets around day, um the day of the dead oh fun so and it, it just feels very october so i would oh, read yeah. it in october hell yeah all right um well yeah into the neverwoods um i feel like this because it into the neverwoods will plug i haven't finished it so i don't have like true spoilers which is good because i can't be trusted with spoilers um by aiden thomas who is a um queer portland-based author they use they them there and he has he him his pronouns and they're my favorite i like all of them already <laughs> um and lost of the neverwoods is kind of like a a spin-off i guess kind of of peter pan right mm -hmm. and um it's really interesting because it takes kind of like a darker twist on the Peter Pan like fairy tale things and like Disney-esque things uh, where it takes place in Astoria, Oregon and you have this 18-year-old um, young woman who is um, she was she went missing with her brothers and she like she came back and her brothers didn't and she has no memory of from her time away and so she's like traumatized by this and there's this whole thing and kids start going missing again and um this seven reminds me of that because it's like i mean it's very like think peter pan right it's like running around in the in the trees in the forest having innocence and like when did we let that innocence go and when did we become grown-ups and mm -hmm. like when did we lose that so that's what i'm thinking I, another hot take. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't like this couple because I don't think, it, and it's not canon in the end, but Gamzee okay. and Adam. <laughs> Picture me in the trees. Um, I've been meaning to tell you, I think your house is haunted. Wow. Um, the idea of like wanting to like go back to a time before civility as Gansey, like where his whole life has been defined by having to be like civilized, put together yeah. and like, hide all of his like panic disorders and anxiety and all of this stuff and then you have adam as the right. other side of that where it's like with his he's the, like your house is haunted yeah. and the idea that like your dad's always mad but you like, don't have to hide in the closet but you should come live with me and we can be pirates and we you won't have to cry or hide in the closet like a folk song wow and, and like because you have the idea of like that's what the hunt for glendower is yeah it's not really about finding glendower it's about trying to have a destiny and have something bigger than yourself to try to understand your place in a world you don't get. Absolutely. And we have Adam as this, like, he doesn't get the luxury of those dreams. His dreams have to be like, just get up and like live. And so the idea that like, you can have this, like, then you won't have to cry or hide in the closet, like a folk song. We could run away, like, ah, yeah. that's 
I don't ship at Anzi or whatever they're called, <laughs> but this I is love for, that. This is for them. And that also could be Ronan and Adam. I was thinking that, but Ronan's not civilized. <laughs> like, That's true. Ronan is like he he would be a he this song is for Adanzi, but there are listen, if Ivy comes up, that's a that's a Oof. Song. Oof. I hope it does. Um we can make it. We can make it come up. <laughs> we'll see. It <laughs> might just live as a, a thought in my brain. Okay. Um all right, well that's excellent. We'll do one more from folklore and then we'll do two from Evermore so that we don't do another like two and a half hour episode. Uh, do you want to skip the last great American dynasty? I know you don't like this one. Well, also, I feel like it has such a, it's a narrative song. It is a narrative like, song. I think this is about Rebecca Harkness. August! <laughs> August. <laughs> this song is about me. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. I love that. Um... Think. This one's a little okay. Controversial. Well, not controversial. <gasps> I got one. Okay, tell Ooh, me. Go yours. for it. Go for it first. I'm not okay. a fan of mine yet. Okay. Okay. Oh, what's that book called? Um, Normal People. Oh, I haven't read it. Ah, uh, okay. I'll try not to give spoilers. But what? I said I'm terrible with reading things. So you're okay. probably that's fair. I'll try. I'll try for the for the five listeners at home. I'll try not to give spoilers anyway. Um, okay, so normal people is a novel that is about like these two people who know each other in high school. Um, it's like this rich girl, and then the boy is like the son of her like house cleaner, basically, like kind of like a maid, but she really just comes like a few times a week and cleans the house. Um, but they also go to school together and they're in, I think they're in Ireland and, um, they end up like hooking up and then the book follows them like throughout their like late teens and early twenties, like falling in and out of being together. And this song really makes me think because they have such like a hot and cold thing of like. And, and a lot of it, like, takes place in the summer, and they have the whole, like, Ireland thing going on. So, like, just, like, the imagery reminded me a lot of imagery in the book. Um, but then, of course, that, the line that's, like, I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away into a moment in time because it was never mine, which is just a huge thing with their relationship is they, they feel like they don't belong to each other, and they're, like, never pinning each other down. It's, like, a fucking disaster. Um, and then I can see us twisted in bed sheets. August slipped away like a bottle of wine because you were never mine. And then will you call me when you're back at school? Um, Which is like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, so that's my thing. I'm actually very passionate about this, but I can't say more without like giving away a bunch of details from the book. But yeah, fuck that. Um, I have two. Give one it to is, me. One is more applicable. Okay. Give me the less applicable one. Oh my god. I'll do the more applicable one. So this is for absolutely nobody but me. Are <laughs> <laughs> how familiar are you with the Julio Claudian Emperors? Because this is a song for the first wife of Emperor Tiberius. Oh my god. Um Vipsania. 
What? Listen, so Tiberius is <laughs> one of the emperor that's like Emperor Augustus. He created like the monarchy of ancient Rome. Okay. And he was like a huge figure. Tiberius was like his shitty stepson who he didn't like. But he was the one that was going to have to be emperor because of like everyone else was just dead. So he made Tiberius divorce his wife, um, Vipsania, who he like loved dearly, okay. um, to marry his daughter. So he had to marry his half sister, Julia. Um, so this is a song for Vipsania, whose <laughs> just slipped away like a bottle of wine. You were never mine. Um, it's for them. This is for them. Okay. What's your more applicable one? <laughs> um, Harry Potter related. Um, I kind of get um, Remus Lupin and Sirius Black. Oh, 100%. Well, like August, this, it's not because it's like for me, I I don't dive into a lot of Marauders fandom stuff, but for right. me, if, if they were a thing, it would have to be this very like on and off, like we're not ever really like gonna be a thing, but yeah. like we are. That idea of like I'm always gonna be your second choice, like August yeah. slipped away. Like we Which have that's what August is. August is the other woman. And that for me, Remus Lupin is the other woman to Sirius Black's destiny. I love that. So pour one out for him. Uh, him and Vipsania. <laughs> <laughs> who literally to put this in context, Tiberius was married to her in nineteen BC. So this predates Jesus Christ. But it's <laughs> fine <laughs> that's incredible okay all right evermore i love evermore so much um do you want to do deluxe version or regular oh deluxe because nothing and well and if um as you know yeah yeah okay let's do it <laughs> should i skip it okay <laughs> Cowboy like me. You don't have to do it, but I just bop to this song. Why are you like this, Becca? Oh my god, I'm reading a cowboy gay book right now. Um, you should read it. It's called Outlawed. You okay. should read it. It's about this, um, basically, it's like a historical fiction about the Wild West where, like, a bunch of women who are barren, like, and can't have kids, like, join up in a outlaw to be outlaws together um and some of them are in love one of them is a non is non-binary um and they use no pronouns (laughs) i love it they're like i am the kid my pronouns are the kid (laughs) my girl elizabeth and i'm like we have non-binary lesbian representation in the old west and they're all butch and like cut their hair that sounds incredible. I am going to have to read that. At that first, sounds- I was worried it was going to be really straight because I was like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, but no. So we can skip it, but just know it's the kid and easy. That's their song. I love that. Yeah, I don't think I can do Cowboy Like Me because I just can't. <laughs> I'm like looking at the lyrics and I can't relate to it. Like, I can't. The whole, um, the, it's about scamming rich people. And I really see that. And they love with another scammer. I see that. See, that's part of it. I did the, I did think of two things, but they're, they're, we're basically just talking about the Raven Boys at this point. Ronan and Kavinsky, it's fine. <laughs> they're both rich, though. That's not it. I they're both like, scamming each other. I was thinking of Blue, actually. 
But then it's like, but she's, but Gansey's not a scam. It'd be, oh no. <gasps> she's this is a, this is a Blue Adam song. Oh. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. We don't have to do Cowboy Like Me. We can do a. <laughs> I think we basically just did do Cowboy Like Me. <laughs> I do like that line a lot. I also like the progression uh, that we're seeing in terms of Evermore, where she's like returning to those country roots, which I think is really interesting. What is it? It's like, you asked me to dance, but dancing's a dangerous game. Like, they've yeah. got some hanging from my lips, like the Garden of Babylon. Mm -hmm. Got some vibe. I mean, it's, I'd say it's, it's got some banging lyrics for sure. I think the hard thing is Evermore is not necessarily a love song album. It's a lot more like weird. It's super fucking sad, which I, I, I don't have a problem with. <laughs> it's just hard for me to vibe with Evermore. And I really don't know what it is because the lyrics slap. And it's not that like, sound wise, it's not that, di it's not that different from albums of hers that I thoroughly enjoy. I don't know what it is, but there's something about Evermore that I can't quite drive with. And I don't know why. Stan. I don't. Oh, I think so, good. Um, okay. Well, we basically did Cowboy Like Me, so we'll do at least one more from Evermore, possibly two. Depending on time. Friends break up, friends get married, strangers get born strange. Right where you left me. Oh, wait, what? This is right where you left me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is right where you left me. Yes. Ah, oh, this is a good one. Is that? This. <gasps> Noah. This is about Noah. This is Noah and that bit. I'm right where you left me. Help, I'm in the restaurant, like sitting in the corner. I haunt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Raven Boys Taylor Swift crossover event. This is for Noah. That well, is for Noah. Another couple, but that's for Noah as well. In my Noah opinion. is literally right where you left him. Literally, they're at Nino's, like getting a. Oh. That first opening, like some of the earliest scenes with Noah are at the restaurant and he's just stuck in the past with like who he used to be like betrayed by a man. <laughs> he left me. Literally, he's still somewhere in the fucking forest until they dig him up. Poor Noah. Sitting, <laughs> still sitting in a corner eye haunt, cross-legged in the dim light. Then <laughs> they say, what a sad night. Wow. This is for Noah. This is for Noah. I don't think there's any other option. Rip Noah. Yeah. All right. We'll do another song. And then maybe we'll go back to folklore if we have time. Because we're like... Champagne Problems! I love this song! Oh, I got this one. I know this one. Um, We actually talked about it on the last... Uh, well, on a previous episode of the podcast when we had Frank on. Um, because Champagne Problems reminds me of, like, when I when I listen to it and I, like, an image comes in my head, I think of The Happiest Season. Oh! Yeah. Because when you, like, when I hear Champagne Problems, the story to me sounds like they're two gay women and they say that they're going to come out to their families right and one of them does it and it goes poorly and the sister splashes out on the bottle and the parents are mad and she's got champagne problems and the other one is taylor swift who won't come out to anybody for anything i 
I actually take a very heterosexual view on this song, which is surprising. Uh, but what, what do you? Like, how do you view it? I view the song as like it's a woman. She honestly, in my head, is queer. Like that, but like in dealing with the internalized, like I'm fucked in the head. I'm gay. Like I can never fit this hetero, like patriarchal ideal wife. Right. And having this like moment. This is Danny from Bly Manor. Oh my God, Bly Manor slaps so hard. And that white man that she's married to in the beginning, oh. like, with her whole like, I can't be this woman. Like I have to tear. Like they're that like aren't they like childhood best friends who like grow up together? This is Danny from Bly Manor and that man, and then being like sitting there being like, oh, no, like I'm fucked in the head. Like I can't marry this man. Like and like tearing up this like life they could have had and having to live with that um and being like if somebody else could be it for him like it, it doesn't need to be me yeah. but just knowing that like you're letting everybody down because you're broken that is kind of what i've i felt. think that's really interesting um it's it's a very heterosexual take which i wouldn't take i mean she's queer so like that's fair and like for me it's a it's about the internalized trauma of being queer and having this yes. like oh my god like this like door like the whole like oh this is like they'll deck the halls that we once walked through like yeah. money too for the show i never was ready so i watched you go Ugh. i think that's fair i think i like that that couple match up to this song i think that's great um yeah and if you haven't watched by manor folks at home fucking watch it it was good. It was good. I don't like scary shit, so I was, like, apprehensive watching it. My mom, who hates scary movies, and she's terrible at, like, watching TV shows, she watched the whole thing in, like, two days. It's she good. didn't really like it. <laughs> but she watched it, which is a lot, because if my mother truly didn't like it, she wouldn't finish. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know she liked it to a certain extent. I loved it. Um, I was a big fan. Um that's great okay do you want to do another champagne problem or another evermore song or do you want to do folklore you can do another folklore okay let's do another folklore just for shits and giggles peace though peace is great peace is about me so um <laughs> every song on folklore is about me so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I about all Taylor Swift. I'm like, so it's including my own personal problems that I have projected onto this song. <laughs> Truly, though, I honestly, if I'm if I get like super emo, I'll like turn over to Naomi and I'll be like, we need to listen to Peace together, and you need to really hear the lyrics because this is our prenup, our emotional prenup. I will never give you peace ever. <laughs> And Amy's just sitting there like, okay. <laughs> this song and Mirrorball go together in my head. Mm. Mirrorball is one of my top hits on Folklore, and so is Peace. Um, and Hoax. Mm. Um, peace. I'm trying to think of like a... Because for me, what always sits out in the song is... I'm going to find the line um, where it's about like, give you my wild give you a child so there we we already did a we did an episode uh with naomi where we did um folklore songs on shuffle and matched them to couples and i have big feelings about this song being about katniss everdeen and peter malark Inter i agree with the ending especially where it's like you need the dandelion in spring not the yes burn. yeah 
There are games to play, but there are much worse games to play. I think that's a very Katniss and Peeta song. And, like, if you look at the lyrics for this song, it is, like, almost verbatim lines from the Hunger Games books. Because it's, like, I, uh, something like the fire lives in me. Mm, And Katniss Everdeen is literally the girl on fire and is constantly talking about the chaos and trouble and pain that she brings into like the world into Pan Am and into the people's lives around her. Um, And she's constantly worried that she would never be able to bring Pete a happiness. In the line where it literally says, all these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. Literally, they both tried to die for each other in secret and their love was at first for show. It's spooky. I was thinking maybe as like a fun little thing, um, we could do some for of Fearless just as it is the announcement day. I think that would be fun. I think that's a great idea. Before we move on to Fearless Taylor's version, do you have any um, suggestions for peace? Peace? I think it's so hard because peace just has such a like, heaviness to it in a sense um it does and i feel like i mean we started off saying how much it's like us so it really has that like heavy relational thing um that i think comes with you know having trauma and living with trauma and trying to figure out how to like bring another person into that um which is why katniss and pita fit so well katniss and pita um God, I'm trying to think. I've read so many. I've read so many books and do things, and my brain's like, <laughs> I'm like, do I have any terrible hot takes for this? Um, I do. What? <laughs> <laughs> Never ask that question, Becca. We all know you have terrible hot takes for everything. So, um, this is about Shrek and Fiona. So moving oh on. God, shut up. It is. First of all, no, it's not. It's about them. Listeners at home must be like, must be like, wow, these bitches have only read The Hunger Games, Red, White, and Royal Blue, The Raven Boys, and watched some weird ass shit. <laughs> That's all. Is, is, I changed my mind. This is about the Magnus Archives again. This is about John and Martin. I can never give you peace. This is about them. They are two <laughs> up horrible people that are like genuinely in love and that's what saves them in most like everything spoilers for the magnus archives for next five seconds they both die together like they die in each other's arms after martin has to kill john i love how like enthusiastic you are explaining i have absolutely no idea what you're talking about except for like the other things you've told me about the magnus archives but i'm honestly so confused martin is literally like he's this like cozy sweater man who like makes tea for john all the time but is like deeply hurt like by his he grew up taking care of his mom who was like chronically ill and didn't care about him because he looked like his father who abandoned them and so he has all this really deep set fear of being lonely and alone. And like, that is his great fear. Wow. Um, and John is his boss originally, who's like a shithead to him and treats him like shit. Mm. But then like slowly they grow together, but it's kind of through their own dehumanization that they are broken down enough to the point where they can realize that like they love each other so much. Wow. And they go through the apocalypse together. And that whole like, I could never give you peace. Like I, 
I, I can give you semblance of a relationship, but the rain's always going to come if you're standing with me. This is for them. This is for John Martin. Pour one out for my dead gaze. I love them. I love it. Okay. Fearless. Taylor's version. Let's shuffle. Okay. Change. It's so funny because I'm like, I don't think I know this song. But then as soon as you're there, it's I'm like, yeah, I do. For <laughs> <laughs> a long time, you do know this song. It was what was playing when you were 13. Plus, isn't this Naomi's favorite Taylor Swift album? I don't know. It's either Fearless or it's one of her early. I feel like it's Fearless. It might be Speak Now. I love Speak. I love Speak Now. Um, I think the song Speak Now from Taylor, the album Speak Now, mm-hmm. literally art. Um, I, I literally have played that for 45 minutes straight in the shower and just been like. That's fair. This one, okay, I hate to say it, it's still Katniss and Peeta. So. <laughs> Taylor Swift is just out here writing songs about Katniss Everdeen and Peeta Malark. Featured on the soundtrack. So. I know. Um, it's a revolution. The time will come for us to finally win, and we'll sing hallelujah. Ooh. Together we'll stand, get up our knees, fight for what we've worked for for all these years. The battle was long. It's the fight of our lives, but we'll stand up champions tonight. Yeah. So specifically, <laughs> the first book of the Hunger Games, where it's about the, like, for me, it's about that, like, end of the Hunger Games. Like, we've won the fight of our lives. Like, we think it's over, yeah. but it's, we'll stand and, up as champions. Right. But then it's, and things will change. But they, but they don't. don't. They never do. I, so I think that's my hot pick. I love that. I'm going to, I second that. That's wonderful. We should, you know what we should do? We should just make like basically a book where like um, each, there's a song for like each chapter of the Hunger Games. <laughs> You're like, this is this. <laughs> and then like randomly there will be like a My Chemical Romance song. <laughs> Oh my like, god! How did we get here? <laughs> romance really knows what they were doing when they wrote Mama. Oh, my chemical romance just knows what they're doing. Period. I'm not an MCR stan. I just wasn't around for you it. You were probably like just too young because I. Doing a lot of my chemical romance because Amanda liked my chemical romance. Oh yeah, that so, checks out. <laughs> um, literally. I have I have gay friends, and so obviously I'm aware of my chemical romance. Um, yes, yeah. I had to, I had to pat my friends back when she fa- as she found out in live time at 11 p.m. in a Scottish fucking bus station that they were having a tour, and she cried. Mm. So I had to I've I've paid my nickel to my chemical romance, <laughs> but Mama by My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance is like the queer punk aesthetic like another plug for the magnus archives there's a character that everyone jokes is based off gerard way his name is literally gerard he has dyed black hair wears a leather trench coat and is a fucking awesome bitch oh my gosh the author the the author of the podcast denies it vehemently but it's (laughs) that's that's jerry that's gerard that's incredible okay one more okay let's do it White horse. Oh, it's too horse. This is also going to be a hard one. Say you're sorry, that face 
this. What is it? We already talked about it, but this is Big Alex and Henry. But I'm not a princess. It's mm -hmm. not a fairy. Like that reality of like. Because oh! <laughs> like, then you're also because I was like, this has to be spicy because of the like. Yeah. Because then if you read it that way, it's not just like I'm not the pretty girl. It's right. Like this isn't this. You're not yeah. a princess. I'm not a princess. This isn't a fairy tale. Like it's too late for you and your white horse to come around. Like it's oh. got big Alex and Henry. Like when they're on the outs vibes. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah, especially like if you think of like when they're when they decided to be together, but um, they have to like put up a front because people are suspecting that something might be happening, and. Uh, Henry has to like pretend to go out with his sister with Alex's sister June and he's really having that crisis of like wow if I was not a man this would be different the, I'm not a princess fuck it also made me think of that like this the Texas thing with um Henry leaving that like um I was a dreamer before you let me down this ain't Hollywood this is a small town like that uh, thing, like I used, I I used to like I'm not. This is Texas. Like, respect <laughs> me. Like that. It very much comes to that. Like, wow. It's too late for me. It's so funny. Me and that. I haven't read that book since I read it the first time, like mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. But I'm still sometimes just like, that's Henry. It's for you. I love that book. I just reread it recently. I don't think I have ever read a book as many times as I have read Red, White, and Royal Blue. I. I don't know why I'm like this, but this, I think this is my favorite book. Like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't. <laughs> my, my book that I've reread too many times is Song of, Song of Achilles. Mm. Um, but I was just thinking about it. I think my favorite thing is putting songs with couples that make, like, where it's so disjointed. Like, sometimes if I'm bored, I'll put an album on shuffle and I'll try to think of a couple just to match the song. But even more fun, if you start being, like, completely genre and, like, vibe, like, ignoring it and being, like, cause the reason I thought about this was, like, some media is just so heavy and sad that it's so funny to put it with, like, lighthearted stuff. Um, like, that happened to me recently. I was, like, this song is definitely, like, I think it was, like, Oh, it was driver's license. I was like, this is, um, I accidentally, I texted my friend and I went to say this song is like this couple, but she thought we were talking about John Martin from the Magnus archives, which is like adult men in their mid thirties. And I was like, driver's license. And she was like, you think driver's license is about these bastard men? And I'm like, oh no, no, no. So that's part of the fun is being like, okay, but what if White Horse is about something completely ridiculous instead of tragic, sad, like John, Martin, Alex, Henry. Ugh. That's amazing. I love them. Um, I feel like there's something that's like at the tip of my brain and I, I feel like there's another match and I can't quite like put my, put my finger on it. There's some. Have you read? Cinderella? Oh my god! What is it? <laughs> that bitch. Okay, Bridgerton, the one who wants oh, the prince, yeah. but can't get the prince. It's too late. Me and your white horse. 
to come around. Yes, I think that one works. That's a good one. Because she wants to be a princess, but she ain't. That's um, it. Kind of that kind of actually goes with the one that I was starting to think about. Yeah. Cinderella's not dead or something. No. Okay, it's a, it's a. I don't think it's that good, but okay. it's a gay retelling of like a world where Cinderella was real, oh. um, and like it in like the prince. This family now holds balls where like women have to go every year and that's how you pick wives it's like it's a dystopian post it's like dystopian interesting um, but there's this girl i can't even remember her name right now but she's gay and she's in love with her childhood best friend who loves her back so for me it's that couple i can't literally none of their names exist in my head because they it's not a good book but the vibes of being like this is I have to go to the ball and marry a man and do what's right for my family. Like this, you're this. I'm not a princess. This isn't a fairy tale. This is like a reality. Um, so Cinderella's not dead. Big energy. This song just has such regency. Like <laughs> it makes me feel the same way. Um, the Romeo Juliet song, love story. Oh my god, yeah. It's a love story, baby. Just say yes. Um, I love that. I love them so much. So good. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> uh, thank you for hanging on with us. That was a grand old time. Um, wow. Thank you so much, Becca, for coming on. Um, it's always a blast having you on. And I'm sure there's, you know, we already have a few things in our back pocket that we've already talked about. Of course, now you're bringing up, like, should we have an on-the-air debate of Evermore v. Folklore? Um, which is dangerous. I feel like we, if we were to do that, we'd have to, like, come in with some ground rules and, like, really... And that about... would have to be that it cannot be based on uh, our interpretations of Taylor Swift's sexuality. <laughs> That's hard. That's yeah. hard, Rebecca. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I, because I, the thing is, any argument about Gaylor, I would be like, mm, I don't know. Taylor but Swift's then we're assuming she's straight. And, and that's, that's an assumption about her sexuality, too. I was assuming that she's bi. Taylor Swift just has such straight girl energy, unfortunately. I don't think she does. She has She has a lot <laughs> He has like a youth group energy. Like, <laughs> I love Taylor Swift, and I do think there are clear readings of songs that are. I love Ivy. I'm so, just saying, um, straight women don't like their cats that much. Some might. My <laughs> <laughs> your face. I you, Becca. She could. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I we'll think about it. I think it would. I, it would be difficult because of a. Uh, Baseline differences in our views of Taylor Swift would make it difficult. That's true. But we'll think about it. Anyway, the most important thing is that Fearless, Taylor's version is out now. And yeah. that we in a world where we can all relive our early teens. Mm -hmm. I think I might drink half a bottle of wine and go to Whole Foods. So, because that's what Taylor Swift would have wanted. I am going to get my second COVID vaccine and enter a week-long coma and eat brownies that I got at Trader Joe's. That is what Taylor Swift would also want. She yeah. said, drunk outside or eat brownies in bed. This <laughs> is for us, the gays, the girls, and the non-binary folk. Ooh, ooh. The no men allowed zone. <laughs> no Mr. Perfectly Fine. <laughs> You're gone. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful week. 
and we'll see you next time.